Thank you for listening to the Matt's Movie Reviews podcast, available on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Stitcher. Also, please follow Matt's Movie Reviews on Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, Reddit, Instagram, and MeWe. And of course, be sure to visit mattsmoviereviews.net for the latest reviews, top 10 lists, and more. Now, on to the show. So handsome. Our daddy is still sleeping. We don't want to wake him up. Babe, I want you to meet someone. You know how grumpy he gets if he wakes up ahead of time. See? Nothing. She just sits there, not a word. Good afternoon, Claire. My name is Monica. She's here to help. Claire, do you want Eric to stay with us? Claire, why don't you talk to me, please? I found someone else's hair in Eric's bag. God, we need to live a normal life! Is he abusing you? No, 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 no! I'll be better. Don't you feel free? I only feel pity for myself. I lost him. I don't know where I put him. And, And now I'm getting closer, but he's nowhere to be found. What is his name, Claire? How old is he? Help me. What did I do to you? What did you say? Talk to her, please. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast. I am your host, Matthew Perkovich, and this is episode number 368. Out now on digital is The Shattering, a psychological drama that tells the story of an unexpected mother whose life is turned upside down after an unspeakable tragedy. Featuring a strong central performance by Marissa Harbour and tackling taboo themes such as mental illness, The Shattering also marks the feature film debut of Daria Nazarova, who wrote and directed The Shattering, and she joins me right now on the podcast. Daria, I thank you so very much for joining me today. Yes, hello. Thank you very much for having me. So, you know, The Shattering is really interesting. It's a thing, it's a film that deals with a lot of themes. There's a lot of things going on here. I wanted to talk about the genesis of the story. How did you come up with the story? And um, what was the like initial ideas that came to mind when putting this um, film together? Uh, well, I will be honest with you. This is my it's not easy uh, to finally move from doing short films and to the film. So uh, originally my idea was, um, so my thoughts were that I need to write something what won't demand a lot of budget. Uh, and uh, me started thinking about this. Um, well, I definitely started going over like different situations in life uh, and in my family, which happened. Uh, and, um, we had really unfortunate event. My, uh, my mom's niece, she, um, she had very traumatic experience in her life. And, 
I already did a short film about this, but then I was developing this story. And I decided that relationships between men and women are the most interesting and tragedy between them um, can make a great movie and mm. can make a great story. So I tried to build all the story about two people can relate to uh because every day we have relation of the, everyone have relationships and a lot of people have difficult relationships and uh i decided just just to um dramatize it a little bit more than usually it happens you know key to the success of this movie is the strong performance by marissa harbour um she's focused the main focus of the whole film really does carry the film. How did you come across um, casting Marissa in the movie? Have you met her before? Did you know of her before? How does she um, come about to play the role of Claire? This is actually a really funny story. Uh, So um, I found this producer and we were working together on the movie. And I was like, okay, we need a space for casting. I was uh, trying to find an actress and she was like, okay, we can, um, I have this friend, she has her own studio and she will allow us to use her studio for free. So Marisa is the owner of the studio and she was helping us. uh, She was reading with other actresses who were coming uh, for the casting and she was reading uh, Eric's part. So the husband's part. So, Oh, you know, she, she was so good at it that in the end of the casting, I asked her to read for for Claire, for the character. And she was the best. <laughs> so it wasn't intentional. She just happened to be there, kind of. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And the house itself that the film is set in, whose house is that? It's mine. Ah, <laughs> very good, very good. No, it's, it's really... It is interesting because I've talked to a lot of um, I talked to a lot of independent filmmakers, and you just have to use the resources that's available to you, don't you? Exactly. So, um, because it was like ultra low budget movie, um, I had to use like everything. So, I recently I've got a question like, um, why there are those books in one of the scenes? Like, did I pick them intentionally? And I was like, uh, no, it was. It's just my books, which I have in my house. So um, exactly, I had to use whatever like I had, all the props, most of the props and the house, the furniture, and the, almost everything is just what I have. The film deals with, as I said in my introduction, a lot of kind of taboo themes. And, you know, you and I were speaking offline we don't want to get too far into the plotting of the film because it's really essential that people really go in there fresh and let the let the secrets kind of unravel in a very organic way but i think it's important just to talk about the concept of you know the character's mental illness um not exactly mm-hmm. why she's in that state but just the, the state of it itself because marissa has to mm-hmm. go through very like strong emotional kind of like uh, reactions and and in regards to a character's mental well-being, do you and her research specific mental illnesses in regards to the experiences that women like Claire uh, went through in real life? Does that um, influence the script and the performance in any way? 
Uh, yes, it did. I, uh, when I was writing the script, I was reading different studies and uh, I was kind of like studying them. So to make sure that I'm not just creating um, the story which can happen. And honestly, like the statistics says that, uh, so the behavior which the character, uh, the main character has in the movie, it's like almost 90% of women dealing with this kind of situation, mm. uh, feeling that way. And about three, 5% end up really badly yeah. and nobody can help them. So it is official statistic and there are studies about this. And what is the nice part of it, uh, that I spoke with some psychiatrists about this. And, uh, I also like spoke with women who went through this and they, um, they mostly say that this is exactly how you feel and this is exactly how you're going through this. And how important is it to tell these stories? Because even though there are the statistics and people do go through these experiences, how important is it to have stories like these out there to keep that kind of, to keep dialogue open, to keep communication open and let people know out there that might be watching the shattering that maybe are going through something similar that it's important that they talk to someone in regards to what's going on inside their head. Uh, this is really necessary. Uh, and uh, so the problem in my movie is that, yes, they're a loving couple, they love each other, but the husband doesn't really help how he's supposed to help. So he doesn't want to do this heavy lifting, uh, which is necessary to help the woman, uh, to help his wife. Uh, women usually like they need help in this kind of situation. And uh, it's supposed to be kind of like tough love in this situation. Uh, and of course, like it hurts them a lot if uh, during the work, but then, but then they get better and um the the thing the thing i really wanted to say was that uh sometimes when we're like together with somebody we're not really understanding what they need we're yes. not really paying enough attention and uh so, so like nowadays we all are in our phones in our like social medias and stuff and we don't really pay enough attention to each other in person i think especially the last couple of years with the whole covid situation in regards mm -hmm. to the whole mental illness aspect of it all i think that is especially can some people can relate to that in regards to you know, we're going through a very stressful situation and not to compare it at all to what the character of Claire is going through. That's a very specific case and has its own, you know, its own trauma attached to it. But I think with what a lot of people are going through now is that the whole thing of mental illness is very kind of prevalent more than ever, I think. Mm -hmm. And plus not everybody uh, saying, uh, talking about their problems. So yeah. they're just like keeping it inside and then that's why it's developing in much worse cases than it was before. You know, when I was looking, I'm doing research on the shattering, I saw some key art for the film, uh, posters, etc. And it had a different mm -hmm. title on, on the film. It said Moroc or Muroc. Uh, yes. Um, what, mm -hmm. what, 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 what is that specifically? So um, apparently, like you hear from my accent that I'm Russian. Uh-huh. 
And uh, the word morak, it's a really old Russian word, uh, which means something what clouds your judgment. Right. So you cannot say exactly what it is, but it's something. So it's just like it's coming out of nowhere and uh, it just doesn't let you judge the situation clearly. There's the movie. Uh, and plus, I was finishing the movie. So um, in post-production, I was pregnant myself and mm -hmm. it was <laughs> it was pretty pretty difficult <laughs> to try to separate myself uh, from my work. And um, I felt like this name is clearly explains the uh, the situation in the movie. Is finished the movie. Uh, it didn't go well with um, um, English speaking audience. I mean the name, mm -hmm. and that's where like I changed it. Okay. I imagine, though, Dave, if the um, uh, film's released in Russia, that you might keep that title, or are you going to have it as Shattering in all territories? Uh, well, right now, I'm not sure if it will be uh, released in Russia at all, because um, in Russia, usually people watch everything uh, with um, Russian translation. Mm. So nobody was doing this. And um, as it's a low-budget movie the movie to to make Russian translation uh, so I'm not sure it will work and plus as I signed the contract with distributors so distributor is dealing with all the international rights so I'm not really putting my effort over there it is available in Australia which is really good you can watch it um, Australian people can watch it on Tubi um, uh, and I know mm -hmm. it's available in Amazon as well in America is this, is this correct uh, yes, right now in America, uh, but uh, later on, I think they're they're going to open it everywhere where it's possible. The Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast is brought to you by 80s Tees. 80s Tees is an online retailer of licensed t-shirts and pop culture gear from your favorite movies, TV shows, cartoons, video games, comic books, and musicians. Celebrate your inner 80s nerd and click on the link in the show notes below to get the raddest retro t-shirts delivered to your door. The Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast is brought to you by Loot Crate. Founded in 2012, Loot Crate is the worldwide leader in fan subscription boxes. Loot Crate partners with industry leaders in entertainment, gaming, sports, and pop culture to deliver monthly themed crates, produce interactive experiences in digital content, and film original video productions. No matter what you geek out about, Loot Crate has a subscription box for you. To get your very own exclusive collectibles, apparel, and gear delivered to your door, be sure to click on the link in the show notes below. The Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast is also brought to you by Voodoo. Watch the latest movies and TV shows anytime, anywhere. No subscriptions, no contract. Enjoy stunning quality in up to 4K ultra high definition at home and download and watch on your mobile device as well. To rent and buy from over 100,000 titles or watch thousands of movies free with Voodoo Movies on us, be sure to click on the link in the show notes below. Now, back to the show.
I wanted to talk about the, the editing of the movie because there's a really interesting structure to the film. Kind of goes back and forth, sometimes even goes side to side, um, going in and out of Claire's head. You know what's real, what's you know, uh, um, what isn't. Um, that structure of the film was that something that's in the script? Is that something that's developed more in post production during editing? Uh, it was right away in the script, and even uh, every flashback when I was writing it, I was writing when exactly it happened. So, like, uh, because like all the flashbacks, there are they're like uh, they're different timings. So sometimes we're jumping like two years back. Sometimes we're jumping like uh, one month back. And uh, uh, I did it intentionally because um, I take my audience as very intelligent audience and I'm sure that everybody will understand what, what I wanted to say. Uh, and the only one specific thing I did so everybody would understand when we're like in present day and when we're not, like I add a digital clock. Uh, so like um, th this is right now and everything else is our flashbacks. Mm. Uh, I wrote it originally uh, and um, well, it seemed to me uh, to show it that way, to show that there, like, there were like horrible times, there were good times. And it felt like going through those flashbacks, I needed to add some good stuff also, like to show why those people are together. So yeah, it's kind of all over the place, but in my head, it makes like total sense. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I liked it because it kind of um, it kept me on my toes. It kept me really engaged in the material, and also in regards to Claire's um, evolution as a character, you kind of you see the differences going in and out, and also you see it as well in um in regards to the photography of the film as well. It seems to me that the 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 good times are much brighter where the kind of present time is much more darker in the lighting. Is that something that I, that's correct as well? Uh, yes. Yes. It, it uh, what we, what we discussed with uh, my director of photography uh, in pre-production, we, we were very strict about like each scene and how it's supposed to be lit. And uh, then obviously with my color corrector, how it's supposed to be color corrected. Yeah. It was uh, I tried because it's again it's a low budget movie and in pre-production I had to do all the artistic work mm. uh, to make sure that I won't I won't have to spend more money afterwards. How many days of shooting was there on it? So it was 14 uh 14 shooting days in the house and then we I had to do one extra day for the opening scene. So 15 overall. Cool, cool, cool. You know, it's really interesting. When I talk to filmmakers, especially independent filmmakers, it's one thing to make a movie. It's a totally different thing to try to get a movie released. Um, it always comes down to, <laughs> okay. I think, the biggest struggle for a lot of, a lot of filmmakers, independent filmmakers specifically, is um, distribution. Can you talk to me a little bit about how hard it is for independent filmmakers these days to try to secure distribution, to try to get a film out there? Because I, because from all the filmmakers I've talked to, and I'm like, as I said in my introduction, 368 filmmakers in talking to now, um, that is the most difficult part of the filmmaking process that I've, I've come to, um, to so far. Uh, it's true. Uh, and... Uh... Uh, including the fact that, so the movie won 10 awards in different film festivals and uh, the film festival circuit started in 2020. So the, all the pandemic situation started and all the festivals went online. 
So I expected that I will get something from film festivals. So meeting people, meeting distributors, and it would be more or less easy for me. But unfortunately, as everything was online, there were no actual events. I didn't meet anybody. And I ended up in the situation when I was getting a lot of emails from different weird companies saying that they want to help me to find distribution and they want money up front. So, and <laughs> it's ended up being like all fake emails, fake people, fake yeah. companies. Uh, thanks God. Like I, I had some friends who gave me like good advice and not to work with any of them. So mm. I didn't lose money there. Uh, but then I had to hire a distribution consultant right. because I was trying to find, find a distribution by myself and nothing helped. Uh, so more or less, uh, big companies never responded because I don't have uh, famous actors in the movie and uh, it's a low budget. So, and there are no action going on. <laughs> I mean, in, in the real, it's not an action movie. Uh, so I had to hire a distribution consultant and we spent about like two or three months uh, for, uh, for finding distributor. And then like one day, one distributor said yes, and they gave me like pretty good um, conditions. So we just agreed and signed the contract. Uh, I would say if I wouldn't hire a distribution consultant, I still would be with my movie in my hands. Mm. You know, the whole COVID kind of situation has really changed so many things in regards to, to filmmaking, what you can and can't do. I think the biggest thing, and I, I didn't even realise it until you were just talking about it then, was the it takes away the ability to really network with people, doesn't it? If you go to these festivals, you can meet different people, meet different filmmakers, producers, etc. I mean, that really, really robs your opportunity to kind of just uh, um, grow inside the filmmaking community. Exactly. Honestly, exactly. And plus, another thing, um, how I noticed that industry changed a lot. So today for independent filmmakers, it, it became like buying uh, independent films and uh, uh, they want you to make a great movie. And uh, you, they want you to have a list uh, actors. They want you to have like the best equipment, best lighting, best editing, best sound, best post-production, everything best. And you're supposed to do it super cheap to be able to get the money back. And this is impossible. Well, you know, like if you're getting like good quality work, you pay for it. So, so I'm not sure like how independent filmmakers supposed to survive today. There's a lot of talk, especially the last several years, in regards to getting more female uh, filmmakers out there um, working. Um, you've been, you know, doing films, short films specifically for a long time now, um, and now you're here you are with your first feature. Do you find the opportunities for female filmmakers have become better over the years, or do you think it's still the same struggle as, as before? Well, um Honestly, I would say that uh, f for me, it's, it seems to me that nothing changed, like for me personally, uh, because I wasn't ever like trying to 
to push myself as a female director. I was mm. trying to push myself as director. <laughs> so, well, you know what I mean. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, I, I wasn't saying, hey, I'm female director, so give me, give me space. I was just like trying to fight through saying that I'm director. So, and I'm not worse than men or I'm not better than men. I'm just like me. That's it. Uh, and um, honestly, much um, help, even from uh, um, most uh, organizations or uh, female film festivals or something. So I didn't really see <laughs> a lot out of it. So I, I don't know. Maybe there is some movement. I just don't see it. I just don't notice it around me. You know, now that you have your first feature film uh, out there for people to see, it's done, it's completed, when you approach your material from now on, when you approach your next projects, what's the biggest lesson you take away from from what you did on a shattering for your next feature film uh, when that comes out? Is the biggest lesson learned in regards to the whole um, um, uh, distributor process? Is that the biggest lesson to take away from in regards to how the shattering uh, was made and released? Well, um, honestly, I learned a lot, and this is a great lesson for me. And um, it's it's just... um, there were so I did so many mistakes. I will be honest. Uh, I did so many mistakes. I lost a lot of money, um, but next time I will be ready. Uh, so, so next time, uh, nobody like. So, for example, like I will start working with the friend without a contract. Mm. <laughs> this is first lesson I learned. And no matter how many projects I did together with that friend, but I would never start anything without the contract first. Uh, This is lesson number one. Uh, Lesson number two, I would try for for my next project. So I've wrote already my next project. I would try to get hired. So I would try to sell the movie and I would try to get hired together with the movie. So I wouldn't be financially responsible. This is my second thing. And... (laughs) Uh, and nowadays, like, so again, like to find investor the way I was finding uh, investor before, this is not, at least right now, because uh, as I mentioned already before, independent uh, filmmaking is pretty difficult nowadays, especially like when it comes to getting money back. And I think uh, for a lot of people out there, are going to really take a lot of these advice to heart because I, I, do, I do have a lot of potential filmmakers listening to the podcast so it's always great for have someone who's had experience with their own films doing it themselves to really talk about these lessons and Daria I thank you so very much for for sharing all that advice and also for talking about uh, the shattering and for everyone out there it is available now on digital as we spoke of before Amazon you can see it there Tubi you can see it there as well and um, it is even more um, territories and places for it to, to open to as well, I really recommend people check out The Shattering right now if you're looking for a really, really good uh, drama that deals with real uh, mature themes in a really succinct way uh, and crafted way as well. And Daria Nazarova, I thank you again for your time today and thank you again for uh, your movie um, and for sharing your experiences with me and with my listeners.
Thank you very much. Oh, and before I go, I should just mention to people as well, there is a Facebook page that you can actually go to um, in regards to the shattering. Um, it's actually uh, quite a good Facebook page. There's a lot of up- updates on there as well. I'm just going to get the um, the uh, handle for it now. Yeah, so it's just the Facebook page is The Shattering. So The Shattering 2020 um, is a Facebook page people can really check out. And, um, yeah, that, I, I imagine that will be the best way for people to get um, advice in regards to uh, any, uh, any, you know, communication in regards to the film's release. Uh, yes, yes, it is. Awesome. I'm so, trying to update it as often as I can. So everyone check out The Shattering 2020 to get all your info in regards to the movie. Um, and hopefully when uh, when I have this podcast up later today and my review up soon as well, that can be shared on there as well. So, uh, Dadia, thank you again so very much for your time today. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you.